Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and your host, of Let's Ride for every Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning, where I give you the latest, the greatest Pittsburgh Steelers news, information, and opinions. But I'm only one key of this overall cog that is our podcast platform. I have to do my diligence and tell you, wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing, which... What are those other things, you ask? The live mic with our deputy editor, Michael Beck, every Tuesday morning. The Steelers stat geek with the other co-editor, Dave Schofield, every Thursday morning. And that includes all of our other podcasts, our PM podcasts, which also air live on YouTube, but we run them on the audio side the day after. We're talking about the Steelers hangover on Monday. We're talking about, uh, on Tuesday, the Scobro Show. Wednesday, uh, the Curtain Call with Michael Beck and Jeffrey Benedict. On Thursday, the Steelers Preview Friday nights with uh, Tony Defio, the Steelers touchdown under tales from 2 a.m. Factor fiction. And then when we get in the season, it's different. I mean, in the season, I give you a Mike Tomlin press conference recap. I give you injury report updates, all of that right there on our podcast platform. And by the way, we are expanding a little bit, expanding our podcast platform for this upcoming season. You'll hear more about that in the coming weeks. I'm really excited about it. We're bringing in some new people, and I think that you all are going to love the new voices, the new angles, and it's going to be really unique. 
I have to also say that this podcast and our whole podcast platform is a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is a part of SB Nation. And if you haven't checked it out before, I really do highly recommend it. And it's not because I'm the co-editor. It's not because I write a lot of articles for the site. It's because I really do feel that if you are a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers and fan is short for fanatic, you are going to love the website. It has everything that you could ever want. Film room breakdowns, opinion, commentary, breaking news, you name it, it's there. It should be your one-stop shop. We say that all the time. I honestly do mean it. That's our goal. That is our goal at Behind the Steel Curtain. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers, meaning it's the only place you have to go. I'm not naive enough to think that you don't go to other sites, but we want to make it so that if you were to have only one site visit a day for the Steelers, you're choosing us. That's our goal. Hopefully we're doing it. I hope so. Okay, before we get started with today's podcast, I have to give a little bit of a teaser. Something happened to me on Friday afternoon. I had gotten home from work. I checked Twitter, and it involves a current NFL free agent, and I, I am, I'm fired up about it. I'm really fired up about it. But I decided... I'm going to go off on this. Don't get me wrong. I am going to chime in and go off on this topic, but I'm going to wait and do it live. I want to talk with you all about this as well. And this is this is involves a, a player who is rumored to be going to the Steelers, visited with the Steelers, uh, I think on Thursday or Friday of last week. If you've been paying attention, you know who I'm talking about. I It, it, it just really set me off. And so on Tuesday night, around 8 o'clock p.m., on the Locker Room app, which you can get if you're an iOS user, or now you can get the beta version if you're an Android user. I'm going to tell that story. I'm going to sound off about it. And I'm going to tell you why I hope this player doesn't come anywhere near the city of Pittsburgh when it comes to the Steelers. But that's going to be on Tuesday night. And you'll hear that live on Wednesday for my Wednesday Let's Ride in case you don't join me live. But I wanted to tease that it is really tough for me. And I talked to Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer, before the show, and I said, I really want to sound off about this. He said, I I think it would be better if you hold off and do that live on Tuesday. I said, okay, I trust your judgment. So we're going to go in a different direction here for this Monday show, but tune in on Tuesday night. You won't want to miss it. All right, so today, the Steelers are two weeks in to organized team activities. That's OTAs, organized team activities. There's three phases of OTAs. Phase one is just basic working out. There's no coaches there. They're getting... They're getting themselves physically ready for the football season. Phase two, they can start doing more uh, specific stuff in regards to their positions uh, that they can start to work on. Let's say, I'll give you an example. If Juju Smith-Schuster is there for phase two of OTAs, he and Ike Hillier, the wide receivers coach, could be running some routes, things like that, working on their hands, hand-eye coordination, all that. That's totally legal. Then you get into phase three. Phase three is always, I've always felt, phase three of OTAs is, or used to be, an ex- extension of minicamp, mandatory minicamp. You you have rookie minicamp, then you have mandatory minicamp, and then you have nothing until training camp. Those are the mandatory aspects of the offseason. But OTAs, phase three, was always kind of like an extension of minicamp. And the Steelers have two of the three weeks in the books. And I felt it was appropriate since we're kind of at the midway point, What because what's coming up is this week the Steelers have four sessions. Typically they don't run four sessions officially one of those sessions Mike Tomlin he used to I don't know if he's going to anymore he used to take the players to Dave and Buster's and they would play games instead of 
doing on-field work or things like that, conditioning. Uh, that's what they typically used to do. I'm not sure if they're going to do that now with all the protocols and things like that the NFL has in place. But still, they're supposed to have four workouts this week. And then at the end of June is when they have the mandatory minicamp. All the players that are under contract are expected to be there. And then after mandatory minicamp, we have the dog days of summer, the whole month of July, where there's not really any news at all. If there is news, I said this before last week, if you hear news about the Steelers and it's not related to financials like so-and-so restructured their contract or they picked up a player, it's typically bad news. It's someone got arrested, someone broke the... Nothing really good. Someone got hurt. That's the type of news. So we're two weeks in, and I felt it was appropriate to say, well, what have we learned about this Steelers team, this 2021 Steelers team, from the two weeks of OTAs that they've already been in. So we're just going to go through this, not in any particular order. It's not in any order of importance or anything like that. Just what have we learned so far? When I think of what I've learned and what I've covered for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, the first thing that comes to mind is Najee Harris is legit. He is legit. You can say what you want about football and shorts, but this guy is really turning heads, not just with the media, but the coaching staff, his teammates. It's And it's not just his physical conditioning. I mean, he shows up, he's like a freak. I mean, he's huge. He's in great shape. He's in unbelievable condition. He looks like he could put on the pads, go out and play four quarters today, and he'd be ready to play another game in a couple days. That's the type of conditioning level he is in, which is tremendous. But on top of that, Mike Tomlin talked about how Najee Harris is his intelligence and the fact that he played at Alabama. And so coming from Alabama, he's going to have a a really general understanding of these really complex schemes and things like that that most college players are not going to have when they leave their respective college. Alabama is considered one of the greatest college programs for a reason. And that's why Najee Harris, when he was in front of the media, said, I'm, this is not really anything special here. I mean, I did a lot of these things in Alabama that was just probably called something different. Najee Harris has been also taking the city of Pittsburgh by storm. In case you missed it, on Saturday, he was there to throw out the first pitch for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He threw a strike. It was a lob. I wanted to see him fire it in there, but the Pirate Parrot was catching the ball. He probably didn't want to hurt anybody. Very athletic. He can throw a, a throw a baseball. That That's a big check for me. He's an athlete. He's not just a football player. He was at the Penguins game before they got knocked out of the playoffs. So he is really taking it all in right now as it pertains to being a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers and a part of the trying to get himself into that woven culture of the city of Pittsburgh. Let's go on. Participation has been really good for the Steelers so far through the two weeks of OTAs. This was something I was really curious about based on the fact that the NFLPA, Cam Hayward is the Steelers' representative for the NFL Players Association. They released that statement about Two weeks prior to OTAs beginning, this was when Phase 2 was wrapping up, getting ready for Phase 3, and they said the Steelers are going to be a team that we are not going to be showing up for any voluntary workouts. OTAs are voluntary. No one can be punished for not showing up. And I was fully expecting to not see Cam Hayward. I wasn't sure if you'd see Ben Roethlisberger. I wasn't sure if the veterans, whether it was along the offensive line like a David DeCastro or a Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, or Minka Fitzpatrick, players that have nothing to prove, would they be there? Would they be there? Would they even show up? Participation has been great. Cam Hayward has been there every step of the way. He has talked about um, 
things have changed with the Steelers. I guess they had a, a, a little, they had some communication that was between the Steelers and between uh, the, the players' representation, not just Cam Hayward, but the other players. I guess the coaching staff and the organization, they kind of mended some fences, figured out what they were going to be doing, how that was going to look, and they were all on the same page. And Mike Tomlin said, according to Cam Hayward, I just want you all to be here. I just want you to show up. I want to see you. And so they have. Ben Roethlisberger's been there. Cam Hayward's been there. But the one thing I noticed outside of those two players, probably the captains on the team, it almost seems as if their participation has been completely planned. Almost as if the coaching staff said, hey, okay, so week one of OTA's phase three, we're going to have this these players show up. Devin Bush, you'll be there. Zach Banner, you'll be there. Alawalu will be there. And I could name some others. Now, the rookies are going to be there the whole time, but still the veterans, this is what I'm talking about. Then week two. Okay, so now we're going to have players like Minka Fitzpatrick's going to show up, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. Um, all these players are, it seems like they have a plan of when they're coming. Now, I don't know this. It's purely speculative. Nonetheless, I feel like that's, if they did it that way, that's fine. I think that's a good way to do it. Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't need a lot of repetitions with Ben Roethlisberger. He just doesn't. Chase Claypool could use some work. But even him, he played a ton last year with Ben. Najee Harris needs work. He needs to get acclimated. Anthony McFarlane needs to get acclimated. He hasn't missed a practice. There have been some players that have not shown yet. Maybe they'll show for week three. I don't know. I know TJ Watt has not been there yet. I would maybe he will show up. Maybe he won't. The Steelers, if there's one player, they're probably saying, hey, if you want to just you can do your thing. We know you're going to show up in shape. We know you're going to be ready to go. Go ahead. Maybe it, he's probably that guy. I uh, hadn't seen Stefan to it yet. His brother was killed over uh, last at the end of last week with a hit and run accident. Just a tragic story. I don't I doubt they'll see him as he as he mourns the loss of a brother. Uh, but there's been a couple other players that have not shown up. I don't think David DeCastro has been there yet. And again, that's not a knock on any of these players. If David DeCastro doesn't show up, I don't think anyone's going to be like, wow, I can't believe David DeCastro wasn't there. What does he have to do there? I, I would rather, I'm sure most people would rather, get Kendrick Green repetitions at center and guard. Uh, BJ Finney has been there. I'm sure he's getting reacclimated. It just seems to me, when I look at this from the outsider's perspective, the Steelers have a plan here. They have a plan. They have a plan of what's going on. I got to trust the plan at this point in time. All right, the next, Ben Roethlisberger, like I said, he's been there. He's been there, and from all reports that you've heard, he looks good. He looks good physically. His arm looks good, and not only that, he was very candid. I felt that Ben Roethlisberger in his interview, he's only met with the media one time. He probably won't meet with him again until mandatory minicamp, if at all. When he was asked questions about his arm last season, he was very, very honest, saying that he did feel like his arm was getting tired, it was getting fatigued. I'm not sure what people expected. The guy had missed almost the entire 2019 season. He had complete reconstructive elbow surgery. Like, What did you expect? I mean, yeah, that's probably going to happen. There's a reason the Steelers benched him in Week 17 last season, hoping that it would help. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't, I don't know. But Ben's back. Ben looks good. He's very candid in regards to last season, the issues that they had, talking about Matt Canada's system. So that was good to see Big Ben. Good to see him there. And he seems to be stepping up into a leadership role, and that's something we've talked about on this show before. The new offensive line. They have been there. They've been there. I'm not sure if Joe Haig, the veteran tackle slash guard acquisition from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last season, I'm not sure if he was there. But Dan Moore, the rookie tackle from Texas A&M. Kendrick Green, as I mentioned, he's been there every single practice. 
they're just trying to get this new offensive line. Kevin Dotson's been there. He spoke to the media. Zach Banner, as I mentioned, Chooks for they've all been there. And it's a really good sign based on the fact that, again, it's a new offensive line. You think about last season and who played on that line and who's gone now, you know, no Villanueva. You're talking about Marquise Pouncey's gone. Chooks Okorafor might be sliding over to the left side. Zach Banner going to the right. Kevin Dotson's filling in at, at guard where Matt Filer once was. It is a complete overhaul there. Having them back and having them there is really important. And speaking of that offensive line, Adrian Clem, the new offensive line coach, has been running things for the first time. He's been a part of the system for the last two years. He was the assistant offensive line coach under Sean Surrett. He's now taking the reins of the offensive line, and he seems to, from all reports, be doing a great job. The players, we're talking about Kevin Dotson, Zach Banner, players that have spoken to the media so far during these two weeks, have talked about how they love playing for Adrian Clem, how he's an aggressive coach he's an aggressive teacher he's teaching them to be aggressive and I think anyone with two eyes and a brain that has watched the Steelers the last few seasons mainly the last two when Sean Surrett was there the offensive line was not aggressive the offensive line was not a smash mouth group they were a very passive pass blocking they're very good at pass blocking I feel like that was Surrett's mo he was a very good at coaching up the offensive line to not get to Ben Roethlisberger, but at the same time, with all the focus in that area, they struggled in running the football. Everyone knows they struggled running the football. So maybe next season with Adrian Clem, it's going to look different, that it's going to look like the Steelers that can actually run the ball when they want. Line up, move them off the ball. Maybe let's, fingers crossed, hope that's what happens I do want to say one thing, though, about Adrian Clem. I've seen on Twitter some people say, well, this guy's been with the team for two years. How can we expect anything different? And I'm going to say it this way. Anyone that's worked at a job for any amount of time where they've eventually moved up, we've all been in a position where as you're sitting in meetings, sitting and listening to someone else talk, and you could be up there, you're probably saying to yourself, if I could do that, I know I would do things different, and I know I would do it better than that. I know it. Just give me the chance. There's no reason why that isn't Adrian Clem. Why Adrian Clem wasn't sitting there listening to Sean Surrett in meetings saying, man, this guy, if it it were my job, I would be doing this totally different. And now they have the opportunity to see that firsthand. And so far, from what he has shown to the team, they like it. They like it. They liked him when he was hired. So take it to the bank. I, I'm going to trust the players there. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to wrap up what else we've learned from the first two weeks of OTAs. And then we're going to talk about how the Steelers are viewed as sleepers in the NFL. What? Yeah, we'll get to it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I am Jeff Hartman, your host on this Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. And here we are. We're talking about what we've learned from the first two weeks of organized team activities. We've already talked about several. Uh, We talked about Najee Harris being legit. We talked about the participation of OTAs being a lot better than expected. Ben Roethlisberger showing up, looking good, and being very candid. We talked about the offensive line being present, gelling, starting to get the the foundation built of this new-look offensive line. And Adrian Clem, he's the architect of it all. He's been impressive as well. But let's continue. The rookies. The rookies are getting acclimated, and it seems like they're picking things up rather quickly. I can't say this for the entire nine players, um, but for the maybe the first the first five or six picks, you, you see you hear, you read a lot of players that are saying this player's picking it up quick. So whether it's Najee Harris, already spoke about him, Pat Fryermuth, he's a lot of people are saying he's doing a great job. Kendrick Green is learning as he goes. And then you get into Dan Moore, Buddy Johnson, and then even Isaiah Loudermilk, the one player that everyone, and I mean everyone, when the Steelers said we're going to trade a fourth round 2022 pick to the Miami Dolphins to get into the fifth round in the 2021 draft, everyone said, all right, here we go. Who are they going to get? We're excited. And the pick is Isaiah Loudermilk from Wisconsin. And we all went, what? Who? Why? (laughs) That's exactly what we all said. And he's actually been getting some rave reviews. To be honest, uh, Cam Hayward spoke about Loudermilk, saying that he sees a lot of himself in Loudermilk. That was honestly who Loudermilk was compared to when they drafted him as Carl Dunbar, the defensive line coach, said that he saw a lot of Cam Hayward in him. And he also mentioned that Cam Hayward, if you don't forget, he needed some time to get himself ready to really blossom in the NFL. I feel like Isaiah Loudermilk is on that same path. But let's also not forget, folks, he's a fifth-round draft pick. Cam Hayward was a first-round pick. A little bit different. I'm just joking. It's a lot different. It's a lot different. But still, the rookies are getting acclimated. Presley Harvin the third. that's who everyone's talking about. Can he unseat the weasel boy? That is uh, Jordan Berry. We'll see. Really kind of ticked me off. Uh, Mark Cavalli of The Athletic wrote that he could see Jordan Berry sticking around, and I'm just shaking my head. I'm thinking if, if, if Presley can't do it, I, I don't know. Let's just not talk about that. We're not talking about that now. Let's move on to the next one. Matt Canada's offense. We are starting to see Matt Canada put in that same foundation. I talked about Adrian Clem and the offensive line. Now Matt Canada is trying to build up his system. You've heard from Ben Roethlisberger talking about how the verbiage of of this offense is going to be a little bit of a challenge, how it's not just going to be a really easy task to just all of a sudden up and learn a new system. Not that everything's going to be different, but Canada does things differently. He is a coach that likes things done a different way than most quarterbacks are used to running. He's using a lot of pre-snap motion. He's using a lot of different formations. Um, It's just different. It is just different. So it's going to be a challenge for someone like Roethlisberger, who's been in the league for a really long time, but it's also going to be a challenge for everyone involved in regards to the fact that they're trying to get a feel for what Canada wants to do. We all have these kind of, I guess I want to say, you know, there's these players like Jalen Samuels is a good example. Everyone says, oh, he's going to be cut. Well, how do we know he's going to be cut in this offense? Especially someone that 
played for Matt Canada at NC State and actually did really well with Matt Canada there as like an H-back. Maybe he has a role for him that we have not even seen before. So Matt Canada is starting to put everything together. The wide receiving group has talked about what they expect from uh, the offense as well, um, the different formations, the motions, and they, they seem to be ready. I mean, this is James Washington spoke. Chase Claypool has spoken to the, uh, the, the media, and they are all saying like, hey, it's going to be different but it's nothing we can't handle. So Matt Canada's offense is definitely something that everyone, media, fans, and I think even some players are excited to just try to get out there and say, let's see what this thing looks like. Let's see if it is as good as we all hope it is. All right, so um, we got some injured players back. The Pittsburgh Steelers saw players like Devin Bush and Zach Banner both suffered torn ACLs last season. It was week one for Zach Banner. I believe it was week four. I could be wrong. Uh, where we saw Devin Bush go down with the torn ACL. They're back. They're back, and they're slowly getting back into game shape. I know Zach Banner talked about wearing a brace, having to get comfortable with it. It doesn't mean that there was a setback. It's just something he has to get used to. Uh, Also, Zach Banner talked about how the the Steelers organization has already told him, look, we're going to have to ease you into this thing. We don't want to just let you go. He said, I feel like I'm a dog on a leash. I'm ready to go motivation is not a problem i really want to get started but they're telling me like hey we got to ease you back let's ease it back ease it back so that's something that zach banner and devin bush are going to have to focus on because they are very important pieces of the steelers puzzle respectively on their sides of the football in other words devin bush is so important in the on the inside of that defense they need him to be healthy they need him to be 100 percent when week one rolls around Likewise, Banner, they, they gave him a new contract. They, they are saying that, hey, you're our right tackle. Can he go out and perform? Can he, Well, we don't know, honestly, if he can go out and perform. But if he does go out and perform, he needs to be able to do it on a healthy knee that they're playing it smart at this point. They're playing it smart. But it's good to see Zach Banner and Devin Bush both back out there after having injuries, severe injuries. Everyone's had, you know, everyone's been banged up, I'm sure. Uh, you know, Roethlisberger with the lower body stuff last year. That's all in the past after you get time to heal. But for those those are major injuries, major injuries. All right, and the last bit of news, I guess you want to call it that, is let's keep in mind that it is football in shorts. I have been very outspoken in regards to saying football in shorts is better than no football at all. And I still believe that. I still stand by that. I would rather read about Najee Harris and pressing in shorts and a jersey and a helmet rather than I would reading nothing. That's just the way that I am. I'm sure there's a lot of you out there listening, wherever you are. You're the same way. But at the same time, I'm going to use a quote, or not a quote, but I'm going to paraphrase what Bob Labriola of Steelers.com said about football and shorts. In other words, he remembers watching a young Dree Archer as a rookie on the field being absolutely mesmerized by his speed and his agility during OTAs. And then we all saw what happened once the season started. Unless Archer had nothing but space in front of him, he just was not capable of doing anything. He wasn't, as a return man, he didn't even do much there. He was taken down very easily. And a lot of people have said they feel like uh, Anthony McFarland, second-year running back out of Maryland, is of the same ilk as Dre Archer. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to go that far. What I am going to say, though, is let's keep in mind that football in shorts is just that. Football and shorts. So when I talk about Najee Harris being legit, that's what I started the show off with. I started the first segment with Najee Harris being a legitimate, unbelievable player. I talk about things that are tangible, his conditioning, his knowledge, his football IQ. 
We don't know what Najee Harris is going to look like when the pads come on. And now all of a sudden, even though he played at Alabama, he's going up against the best of the best. The best of the best. Why do I not like college football? It's too watered down. There's too many teams. I like to see the best of the best, and that's in the NFL. And we'll see how he reacts to that. But let's keep in mind, for the next three to four weeks, when we go through the rest of this final week of OTAs, when the Steelers go through mandatory minicamp, it all really should be held with a grain of salt based on the fact that it's football in shorts. When they get to Latrobe, hopefully, which, by the way, we have not heard whether the Steelers will be in Latrobe this year or not. Art Rooney II said if they are not able to have fans at in Latrobe, he's probably not going to go there. He said the reason they go there is to get the fans first-class access to watching their favorite team train and get ready for the upcoming season. So we'll see if that happens. Nonetheless, wherever it happens, whether it's at the team's facility, whether it's at St. Vincent College, they are good. that's when you see who's really performing well. All right, let's finish the show up here. I was looking on Twitter the other day, and the Bleacher Report, they put out an image, and it was a picture of their four sleepers for the upcoming 2021 season. Those are teams that no one's really talking about, yet they could really surprise some people. The Pittsburgh Steelers were number one. I believe, I don't have the list in front of me. I know the Arizona Cardinals were on that list. I think the Las Vegas Raiders were on that list. And I want to go out on a limb and say that the fourth team, I'm not even going to try to guess. I don't remember. But the Steelers were number one. And so I was thinking about this, and I was almost going to do an entire show on this, but I felt like a lot of it's been covered a lot the past few weeks, not just on my show, but on other shows on our platform. But I did want to talk about it. And so I was like, okay, what would be an okay reason or some okay reasons for the Steelers to be labeled as sleepers? And what would be some not okay reasons for the Steelers to be labeled as sleepers? I thought of three for each. Because I'm trying to, I'm trying to be open-minded. I'm trying to see the other side of the coin. All right, trying to do that this this offseason. So first and foremost, an okay reason why it would be okay to say that the Steelers are considered sleepers is I think the AFC North is getting better and better every single year. We know the Cleveland Browns are better. I mean, they're a lot better than what they used to be. Million times better. Baltimore is always going to be tough. Uh, you can say what you want about Lamar Jackson. They win a lot of football games. They're, they draft well. They make moves in free agency. They play their cards a specific way. You know, They get a lot of compensatory draft picks. That's just how they operate. They're always going to be competitive. They are built like the Steelers. Rarely, if ever, are the Baltimore Ravens going to have a season where they are completely awful. It's just rare. It just doesn't really happen. And even the Cincinnati Bengals. For the, I know they've been the laughing stock of the division for the last few years, but with Joe Burrow, if he can stay healthy, and if they can find an offensive line to protect him, they do have a lot of weapons on that offense. And their defense is surprisingly better than a lot of people give them credit for. This AFC North is getting better and better every year. The Steelers, I feel, are continuing to get better. It's just different. And here's another reason why it might be okay to say that the Steelers could be considered sleepers. The fact that there's big question marks surrounding this team. You talk about Ben Roethlisberger and his elbow. Matt Canada is a new offensive coordinator. Redoing almost the entire offensive line outside of David DeCastro. Those are huge question marks. Huge question marks. And let's also not forget that at the end of the season, no one can get that out of their head. Not Steeler fans, not media. No one can get that out of their head. How the Steelers just literally slipped and fell and flat on their face 
in the AFC wildcard game against Cleveland. They just can't get it out of their head. Ben throwing four picks, it was just horrible. Absolutely horrible. The, the snap over Ben's head with Marquise, it was just bad. It was bad all around. So that's another reason why I would say it's okay to call them sleepers. And then you look at the questions around Big Ben, but also you look at questions about players that were lost. Bud Dupree is gone. Can Alex Highsmith step up? Mike Hilton's gone. Alejandro Villanueva's gone. Matt Filer's gone. All these players are gone. And so there are a lot of questions surrounding those individual players on the roster, and I understand why there might be some pause in that regard. But here's why it's not okay to call the Steelers sleepers when it pertains to the 2021 season. They finished 12 and 4 last year and they were 11-0, 11-0. Yeah, I, I don't I'm, you don't need to be a mathematician to know how they finished the season, but I said it before I'll say it again, what changed? What changed? What exactly changed between the 12 and 4 team and now? The players that I just mentioned are gone, Dupree, Hilton, Villanueva, Filer. That's it. They got rid of Randy Feetner. Is that a reason? No. If anything, that's a plus. Another reason why it's not okay, Ben Roethlisberger had a great year last year. It finished awful. He said it himself. His arm was a little fatigued. I wouldn't expect that to be the case in 2021 when he has a full offseason to rehab. But Ben Roethlisberger is still, I feel, a very efficient quarterback. He had 33 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. That's a great ratio. And he rarely ever is at that double-digit mark. He's normally over that. He had 10 That's not good. We all understand that. But at the same time, he had a great year. He could be a reason why they succeed, not because they fail. And then let's also not forget that the losses that we mentioned, all those players, Dupree, Hilton, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I don't think they're going to be that tough to replace. I don't think they're going to be that severe. People may laugh at me. People may say, Jeff, you are nuts. It's going to be difficult. I'm not saying that. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be able to replace all those players with who they have in the system. Maybe it's someone they picked up. I think they're going to be just fine. You think about a player like Alex Highsmith coming into his second year, you expect big things. You expect him to step into those shoes. The biggest questions, I think they have the answers. I think they've done a good job with especially the salary cap going down. That's never happened before. I think they've done a fantastic job. So, hey, some people might say they're a sleeper pick, and I understand it. And some people like myself say, look, that's not okay. They shouldn't be considered a sleeper pick. Look how good they were last year. They're going to be just as good this year. I think both sides are justified. And that's still allowed to happen, by the way. (laughs) All right, folks, that about does it for me for this Monday podcast. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope you have a great week. I hope that you're joining BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. Should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. Great community there, by the way. Make sure you create a username. You can chat in the comment section with all of our community. It's a great community. Make sure you do that. How do you do that? It's simple. It's free. Any Go to any article from Behind the Steel Curtain. Scroll down to the bottom. It'll say, do you want to create an account? Click yes. You have to just enter the information. And then after 24 hours, you're allowed to comment. Boom. Just like that. Make sure that wherever you get your podcast, you search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, so that you don't miss a thing. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Get that locker room app. It is free for iOS and Android users. I will see you all on Tuesday night for that legendary rant about that one player who just visited Pittsburgh. Oh, I'm getting ready for that. All right, folks, that does it for me. You know how we finish it up here. Be safe. Be kind and God bless. Have a great day. I will see you on Wednesday or maybe Tuesday night. Let's do it. My candles burning bright. I sleep for three to four hours.
Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.